This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the Internet at www.rri.ro channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn and via satellite Eurosat 16A on 11.512 MHz vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east, symbol rate 29.950 mega symbols per second, standard DVB-S2, modulation 8PSK, audio PID 510. We wish you good reception conditions. Hello, I'm Ana Maria Popescu with the news first the headlines. The European Bank for Reconstruction and Development has upgraded its estimates on Romania's economic performance in 2022 and 2023. Romanian US trade reached 5.4 billion US dollars last year, and the opposition in Romania tabled a simple motion against the education minister accused of plagiarism. The European Bank for Reconstruction and Development has upgraded its estimates on Romania's economic performance in 2022 and 2023, but warns that a significant slowdown is expected next year, according to a report made public on Wednesday. According to the new forecasts, Romania's economy is expected to grow by 5.4% this year and 1.9% next year, a significant improvement from the 2.9% for 2022 and negative 1.1% for 2023 estimated in May. EBRD is a major institutional investor in Romania, running nearly 500 projects with a combined budget of close to 10 billion euros. Trade exchanges between Romania and the United States reached 5.4 billion US dollars last year, as against 2.4 billion US dollars in 2011, according to a report released by the American Chamber of Commerce and Industry in Romania, AmCham as part of the U.S.-Romania Economic Forum on Wednesday. Direct and indirect U.S. investment in Romania went up from $6.5 billion in 2019 to $7.5 billion in 2020. The U.S. is Romania's fifth-largest trade partner, accounting for 6.8% of the country's international trade and the largest outside the European Union. The biggest U.S. investments in Romania by turnover are in manufacturing, agriculture and healthcare. As many as 900 companies in Romania are running on U.S. capital, ranking third after Hungary and the Czech Republic. The University of Bucharest says the plagiarism allegations against the education minister Sorin Campano must be analyzed thoroughly outside any type of pressure by the relevant bodies in the university in question and other public institutions. The university condemns any measure that breaches academic ethics and integrity. 
In turn, the National School of Political and Administrative Studies condemns all forms of plagiarism and highlights that the Education Minister's decision to dismantle the National Council attesting university titles, diplomas and certificates is not constructive and does not contribute to a true reform of the education sector. On the other hand, USR and Force of the Right MPs in opposition in Romania have tabled a simple motion entitled Romania Educated to Steal Sorin Campano is a Disgrace for Education. Plagiarism allegations against the education minister have been circulated in the media. Campano denied the allegations and argued that they are a move to undermine the education laws. A special parliamentary committee on the justice laws today carries on talks on the draft statute regulating the judge and prosecutor professions. On Tuesday, the committee accepted some amendments brought by the National Liberal Party in power and the Higher Council of Magistrates, but dismissed all the amendments tabled by the opposition. USR and AUR parties requested changes in judge and prosecutor secondment and delegation procedures and in the procedures for dismissing magistrates. The bill is next to be reviewed by the Chamber of Deputies. This is the third act in the justice law package to be discussed by the committee after the ones concerning the Higher Council of Magistrates and the Organization of Courts, which have already been endorsed by the Chamber of Deputies. The Senate is the decision-making parliamentary body in this respect. And that was the news on Radio Romania International. The Romanian Chamber of Deputies has decided to increase the salaries of mayors, vice-mayors, presidents and vice-presidents of county councils. I'm Lacanera Simeon with more in this commentary by Leila Kiamil. The salaries of local elected officials in Romania are increasing. On Tuesday, the Chamber of Deputies, as a decision-making body, adopted the draft law providing for salary increases for mayors, vice-mayors, presidents and vice-presidents of county councils. The other dignitaries were excluded from the categories targeted by this measure, initially adopted by the Senate, as the first Parliament chamber notified. The decision caused heated discussions between the power and the opposition camps. During the debates, the National Liberal Party, the Social Democratic Party and the Democratic Union of Ethnic Hungarians in Romania, in the governing coalition, as well as the representatives of the minorities, argued that the local elected officials should benefit from higher salaries so as not to be discriminated against. Liberal Deputy Florin Roman said that justice is needed for mayors He stated that through the introduced amendments, a discriminatory measure that says that all public sector employees from 2018 to 2022 must reach an equal salary level is thus fixed. Also from the governing coalition, the Social Democrat Alfred Simonis argued that the local elected officials must benefit from increased salaries so that the local public administrations should be efficient. The increase in the salaries of local elected officials mars the image of the authorities, but it is necessary in certain cases. The mayor of the city of Iași in northeastern Romania, the liberal Mihai Kiriko, said in his turn, adding that for the measure to be applied, the necessary funds should be provided to the budgets. 
I know the situation of the mayors in the county, and not only in the county. Some of them are really in critical situations. Maybe not the poorest, but not in a position to dedicate with all their heart the energy they have in the service of the community, said Mihai Kiriko. He pointed out that the salaries of the mayors and other local elected officials are also paid from the local budgets, and this law will find a solution only if budgets are also available to supply the financing sources, as for any other provision regarding increases in expenses. From the opposition, Save Romania Union Party has criticized the decision to increase the salaries of local elected officials and announced that it will challenge the law at the Constitutional Court. The Save Romania Union MPs have drawn attention to the fact that these increases will be a burden on the shoulders of the private sector, which, in their opinion, should benefit these days from support measures provided by the authorities. The mayor of Baco, Save Romania Union representative Lucian Stanciu Viziteu, believes that in the current context, other decisions would have been needed to support the local administration. I think that the most important thing for the local elected officials is the access to funds for investments and not for their own salaries, which have increased year by year according to the administrative code and the unitary pay law, said Lucian Vizito. Also from the opposition, the president of the Alliance for the Union of Romanians, George Simeon, criticized Tuesday's vote in the Chamber of Deputies. He stated that the adopted law favors the elite of public sector employees, warning that rifts will be created in society. A government emergency order capping and compensating for electricity prices was passed by the Senate and is now on the table of the Chamber of Deputies. I'm Cristina Matescu with this report by Corina Crista. The Senate passed on Tuesday a government emergency order capping and compensating for electricity prices. Suppliers will no longer be able to bill private households with an average monthly consumption of up to 100 kilowatt-hour, more than 0.68 lei per kilowatt-hour, including VAT, and households with an average monthly consumption of up to 255 kilowatt-hour, more than 0.80 lei per kilowatt-hour, including VAT. The Senate passed a number of amendments referring both to household and non-household consumers. The list of beneficiaries is now longer and also includes private households with a monthly average of over 300 kilowatt-hour last year, but who now stay within the new ceiling. One amendment stipulates that families with three school-age children benefit from the lower price whatever their consumption. This also applies to household consumers using electrical devices or equipment needed for medical treatment. Energy suppliers say it will be difficult to identify households with three children in school as they only collect data referring to consumption. It was also decided that the list of known household consumers benefiting from a capped price of one low per kilowatt hour, like small and medium-sized companies, would also include public transport companies, water and sewerage services, religious establishments and medicine producers and suppliers. The maximum final price billed by providers of natural gas 
is 0.31 lei per kilowatt hour for household users and 0.37 lei per kilowatt hour for non-household users. The Liberal Senator Sorin Bumb says the amendments adopted aim to make the effects of the rise in electricity and natural gas prices tolerable for household users and small and medium-sized businesses. Household users consuming up to 100 kilowatt hour will pay 0.68 lei, and those consuming up to 255 kilowatt hour 0.8 lei. An average will be calculated for last year, and those who consumed below 300 kilowatt hour last year will also pay 0.8 lei which I think is the right thing, so as to include a largest possible category of household users. Things are seen differently from the opposition, with the senators of the Save Romania Union and the Alliance for the Union of Romanians abstaining on account of the fact that their amendments were not taken into consideration. Christian Bordei from the Save Romania Union. The fact that the state obstinately rejects all proposals to lower taxes only proves once more that the state wants to continue to get the lion's share of the money generated by these price increases at the expense of the economy and its citizens. The bill adopted by the Senate will next be submitted to the Chamber of Deputies, which is the decision-making body in this case. And that was Radio Newsreel. Next up in this broadcast, coming to you from Bucharest, Radio Romania International, it's Song of the Day. Listen to Feli with the song Crazy Love.
nici mândria Să recunosc că mai greșesc Nu știu să arăt că te iubesc Tu dragoste de listening to Radio Romania International Focus on Romania Society Today Hello and welcome to Society Today I am Kalin Kotsoyu The Merito project, launched in 2015 by a group of entrepreneurs gathered under the Romanian Business Leaders Association, holds an annual gala to reward teachers with special results in pre-university teaching. According to an OECD study made the year when the project was designed, a little over 40% of teachers in Romania felt that their jobs were appreciated by society. The Merito organization was founded to prove them wrong, according to Cosmin Chiriță, the manager of the project. Am demarat proiectul cu intenția de a recunoaște acei profesori valoroși din toată țara, tocmai pentru a scoate în față, în evidență, exemplele pozitive de profesori, We designed the project with the intention of recognizing valuable teachers across the country in order to emphasize positive examples of teachers in a media environment populated for a long time with negative examples. In spite of hardships in schools, there are dedicated, passionate and gifted teachers who make a vocation out of their job, opening horizons for students and who are worth being shown as positive role models. Anyone can recommend such a teacher in pre-university schooling in Romania on our website. This is one of the sources for these recommendations. The second is going to local communities, to the existing Merito network of teachers, in order to receive these recommendations. Then we have our selection process, which takes almost a year, with the proper documentation online or in person. We also have some criteria on the things they do outside the classroom, seeing to what extent they work with other teachers or work with students or work to aid disadvantaged communities. There are criteria which in essence sum up what we think of as a valuable high-performing teacher, which we hope would steer the education system in the direction we all wish it would. In addition to the Merito Gala Awards, the teachers that get picked become a part of a community where they can exchange ideas and can improve their activity. Cosmin Kiritsa told us about this. Uh, 
timp am început să dezvoltăm această comunitate de profesori valoroși, să investim continuu în dezvoltarea lor, asta însemnând training-uri... Little by little, in time, we started developing this network of valuable teachers, investing continuously in their development, their professional training, with access to foreign experts, to studies, to analysis, including mediating their participation to courses or conferences that are relevant for their professional development. We want to carry them forward with best practices, methodology and expertise they gained under these programs in order to contribute to training other teachers in the system. In essence, we want to increase the quality of teaching in Romania, starting at the grassroots, so that teachers can learn from teachers in local communities under a system of collaborative learning. Among the Merito community members is Doru Castayan, a teacher of humanities at the Dimitrie Kulcin High School in Galați. Here is what he told us about his methodology. It is one thing to teach social education to students before high school, and it is something completely different to teach economy or philosophy to 17 or 18 year old students in the 11th or 12th grade. I don't think that there are special methods that apply specifically to these subjects. However, there is a fairly widespread noxious prejudice to this end. I was told many times that I managed to do certain things in the classroom because these disciplines allow it. If I were teaching math or physics or more exact subjects, I would not be able to do the things that I did teaching humanities. I don't think that's accurate. I think that the methodology that applies to humanities in general perfectly proper for exact sciences. With older students, I take a classical approach. I think that exposition itself has a fundamental role in teaching, even though this ancient method of teaching is not faring well nowadays. I think that we have to avoid an excess of interactivity and playtime at any cost, because sometimes the mind needs substantial and serious fodder in order to function. So it is not a problem to preach, and it is not a problem to invite my students to take part in polemics, in argumentative discussions. Liliana Olarashu, a math teacher at a middle school in Yash, is considered an atypical teacher because she teaches the subject in a rigorous but gentle way. Here she is telling us about it. I had a few cases. I remember one boy who unfortunately had to do fifth grade again. He was the kind that was always in the last row of desks. No one talked to him and he lacked self-confidence. I had him as a student in fifth grade. He failed history, not math, even though he did not excel in math. This boy could play the accordion very well, but no one knew about it. I just happened to find out, and he was taking private lessons in music theory. And I remember that we were in the IT class, and I had the kids do a PowerPoint presentation about their passions. His presentation was extraordinary, even though he was very reluctant. He amazed me with the knowledge he had. Speaking of dropping out, he was missing class once in a while, but the moment he realized that I had seen another facet of him, Cosmin started coming to class more often. 
coming up next on Radio Romania International. Visit Romania. Hello, I'm Cristina Matescu and today we're going to travel to Timiș County in Western Romania for a truly authentic experience. The Oteleg area is the perfect stop on the cycling route along Bega River. The route is especially busy following the temporary opening in September of a border crossing between Romania and Serbia, when many tourists use their bikes to travel to the neighboring country. The village of Otalek itself encapsulates the diversity of Timiș County, which is home to ethnic Romanians, Germans and Hungarians. The Association for Tourism Promotion and Development in Timiș County is seeking to promote the area's diverse cultural heritage through a series of tourist projects. The association's executive director, Delia Barbu, tells us more about the village's most interesting sites. I'd like to start with the old school, which is a building made from mud using a local technique. The community renovated it and recreated an old classroom where small exhibitions are held. The school is a tourist site in its own right owing to its architecture, which is typical of Banat. We're working with Terapia and Regio Earth Associations to try to put the school on the map of mud structures in Timiș County and to promote it internationally. The old school in Otelec is also a cultural center hosting various activities, says Delia Barbu, the executive director of the Association for Tourism Promotion and Development in Timiș County. The area is also home to Natura 2000 sites. The site aims to protect the red-footed falcon, which nests in this part of Banat. Another attraction is the cycling route linking Timisoara to Serbia. It's the longest in Romania and its opening puts this remote village on the border with Serbia on the tourist map. The village also has lots to offer in terms of services and the hospitality industry. There's a swimming pool in the village, and the local ethnic Hungarian family can prepare an excellent traditional meal by pre-booking for groups of cyclists and other visitors. Delia Barbu says the new cycling route can also be used to promote the local sites to the community itself. Through a partnership agreement we signed with the Timish County Council and the Banat Water Administration Company, we would like to promote the attractions on the banks of Bega River. The route to the border from Timisoara contains many attractions where visitors can stop to rest. We will launch a map of these places with the help of the hospitality industry. And that was Visit Romania, today about Otelec in Timish County, a place that beautifully blends cultural and active tourism.
next in this program. Sports. Hello and welcome to Sports Today with the latest from football. Romania defeated Bosnia and Herzegovina 4-1 on Monday in Bucharest in a UEFA Nations League match, but their win didn't change the final standings in Group 3 of Nations League B. Bosnia and Herzegovina had already secured their promotion to the first division in the last but one leg, so they didn't bring their top lineup for the Bucharest match. Romania needed to win but this would only have mattered if Finland lost against Montenegro, which they didn't, winning instead 2-0 in Podgorica. Romania's win therefore had no bearing on the final ranking. The Romanian football side thus finished fourth in the group, with the same amount of points as Montenegro, but with a worse goal average. As a result, Romania will next year be playing in the third division of the UEFA Nations League with the likes of Malta, Andorra and the Faroe Islands, as well as Sweden and Bulgaria. In the edition of the Nations League that just came to an end, before Monday's match against Bosnia and Herzegovina, Romania had only won one other match, namely against Finland in Bucharest in June. Their play was generally poor, lacking direction and strength, and full of mistakes which some football commentators blame on the team's manager, Eduard Jordanescu. Some also said the team lacks talent, especially compared with the older generations of the Romanian national side. This, they argue, can also be seen from the fact that no Romanian player is in the starting lineup of a top European club. So it's difficult to put together a great team with little talent, but not impossible. Jordanescu made it a point of capping young players, something whose effects would only be seen in time. The president of the Romanian Football Federation, Razvan Burlanu, publicly stated his support for Jordanescu and said he would propose that he stayed on at the helm of the Romanian football side despite failing to achieve his goal in the Nations League and the national side relegating to the third division. And that's all in sports. Coming up next in the program, here is truly Romanian, I'm Eugen Nasta. We have prepared for today a fine selection of songs performed by Liliana Uncioiu, hailing from the locality of Shirna, Brasov County in central Romania. To begin with, here is a fine song from Liliana Uncioiu's repertoire. Lume, dragă lume, mi-e dragă ești bucuroasă când ești 
Liliana Onjoyu's musical career had a very early start, since in 1973 she took part in a Romanian traditional music festival, scooping a distinction. Next stop in the program, here is another beautiful song performed by Liliana Onjoyu. Coming up next in the program, here is one more song from Liliana Onjoy's repertoire, a song praising the beauty of nature in her native region. Thank you. 
In 2008, Liliana Onchoyu pursued a study program with a brush of based Tiberiu Bredicianu Open College of the Arts. We end truly Romanian today with one last song performed by Liliana Onchoyu. La 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 
Living Romania. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Coming up next... Happening in Romania. Hello and welcome to Happening in Romania. I am your host today, Kalim Kotsoyu. About 20 years ago, the world started an irreversible change after the gradual advent of the Internet. It was about that time that it became an integral part of everyone's life. In a very gradual way, it became so intertwined with everyday existence that it has become hard to conceive of life without it. Right now we are on the brink of another revolution, what that is most likely going to creep up on us as the Internet itself has initially. We are talking about 5G, fifth generation Internet, which is going to look and function very differently. It is the most decisive step towards the so-called Internet of Things. It requires a major upgrade to the entire network, since it functions at much higher frequencies, which limits connectivity range, thus requiring many more cell sites, and subsequently much higher investments from the telecom industry. This allows much higher rates of data transfer, and much more granular control of various devices, from desktop and laptop computers to tablets, but also down to the most humble of appliances, from fridges to toasters to blenders. However, this technology does not lack critics. One objection is an upgrade of an existing piece of criticism. That related to the effect of microwave frequency radio waves on the human body. The new 5G networks are expected to operate on two ranges of frequencies, one that is quite close to the existing 4G range, and another much higher frequency range. While the high frequency allows for much higher wireless bandwidth, it is only capable of -of line-of-sight communication. This results in the fact that many more cell sites have to be installed in order to make the network possible. This in turn sparked worries among health-conscious critics who fear that the higher frequency radio waves at much closer points of emission might cause maladies such as cancers. In spite of the alarms raised by various parties regarding the possible drawbacks of this technology, 5G is already the hype of the day. Major international corporations have already put in place various campaigns to ramp up interest for the upcoming networks. Some have gone as far as saying that this will be the biggest thing since the Second Industrial Revolution, which is a bit disingenuous considering that no member of the public has had the opportunity to see such a network at play. Irrespective of that, the hype is on and so is a Game of Thrones type of feud between the United States and a single Chinese company, though, truth be told, it is a giant in the telecom field. 
According to the United States National Public Radio, there is a veritable war going on between Huawei and the United States. According to experts, Huawei is heavily supported by the Chinese state, which allegedly subsidizes it to the extent that it can outcompete any other entity on the market. The U.S. and other Western countries fear the fact that the weight of the company, combined with state protection, would allow it to implement a 5G network way ahead of the competition. That is not a simple matter of fair market competition, which is already compromised by widespread state protectionism on the part of the Chinese. A deeper, much more insidious issue is at play here. The staggering amount of data that a 5G network will traffic will generate a much higher amount of usable data to input into building artificial intelligence entities. The United States and Western countries fear that they might get beaten at the AI game by the Chinese if the latter are first in implementing the new type of network, especially given state control of data and the huge population that it would harvest from. However, in terms of public information, all this is largely speculative. But wait, you might think. What does that have to do with anything happening in Romania? Well, because it is happening in Romania. According to the Hot News Portal, the Romanian government issued a while ago an emergency executive order, which is the fashion of the day in a deadlocked parliament and an extremely contentious and polarized political class. Emergency Ordinance 114 from 2018 imposed a tax on telecom companies worth 3% of their turnover. Mind you, we are talking about turnover, not profits. In an unprecedented move, the three major wireless phone operators, Orange, Vodafone and Telecom, issued a joint open letter to the government to protest the new tax which purportedly would go towards the government helping set up the infrastructure for, you guessed it, 5G networks. As the letter puts it, quote, the annual 3% turnover tax represents as much as 100 million euro, which the Romanian government intends to collect from operators, which would thus no longer be available to be invested in network development and development of new telecom services in Romania. This occurs precisely in the year when wireless carriers have to foot substantial bills to pay for the 5G spectrum and to pump ample investments into 5G networks. At the same time, minimum prices for allocation of 5G spectrum have been set through this ordinance at an exaggerated level in violation of the European Commission Directive 20 of 2002 and much higher than in other European states. Unquote. Wireless carriers warn that the ordinance may result in losses worth 3.3 billion euro for said companies, while also clashing with existing European rules. The Hot News portal published a copy of the full protest published by the major telecom companies in Romania 
but has of yet to issue any information on the reaction of the Romanian government on the matter. And, of course, we left out the elephant in the room. Since the outbreak of COVID-19 worldwide, there has been a huge and persistent campaign to associate 5G technology with the virus. The reasons for that escape us, but unfortunately that association is here to stay, persisting in all the wrong corners of our online environment. It is most likely just an offshoot of advanced technology pacing ahead of our limited understanding of the new realities of the world. Hopefully this myth will eventually go away, but that is highly unlikely if current experience is any indication. Hopefully information on the origin of this piece of disinformation will emerge as it did with the false association between vaccines and autism. If and when such information is forthcoming, we will be keeping you up to date with it in Happening in Romania. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. Simply Folk. Welcome to Simply Folk with Mila Kramera Simeon. Today's program features Jet Apostolake, a native of Ranciakauti. In center eastern Romania, she will be performing a song about longing. Lena 
And with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 1700 hours UTC on 9760 kHz in the DRM system and on 11850 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programs tomorrow at 1100 hours UTC on 15.320 and 17.670 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet at www.ri.ro. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at ri.ro. Goodbye. <laughs>